A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Wait. Pull the string. Pull the string. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And it's been a while since we've been a deep dive into a conspiracy. And I think I got an interesting but really strange one for you today. My guest is Tim Chismar, comedian, a wrestling promoter, written some books, done some acting. But as you're about to hear, he was also a player in something he calls the game in Hollywood. And when I say the player, uh, I mean a literal participant in a super secret, bizarre, shadowy game Whereas you're about to hear, he made a lot of money, but had to do some crazy things like faking his own disappearance uh, and many, many other things. He explains how the game works and talks about how he was recruited to join it, who recruited him, how he was paid, where the storylines came from, and why he never knew who else was playing or who was running the whole thing. Kind of a shadow uh, government was running this whole bizarre game. Like I said, he shares his theories about who he thinks runs the game and who he believes are the people betting on the various players and storylines. Yeah, there's betting involved, and he'll explain how that works as well. Huge manipulation, someone pulling the strings here, possibly on a global basis, a global scale. It's a crazy story. You can decide for yourself whether you believe this is real and whether or not the game exists. Tim says it's still being played today, and he thinks some very famous and powerful people in Hollywood and entertainment are involved. So here we go. You can hear this crazy story yourself directly from the mouth of Tim Chismar talking about the mysterious and possibly uh, global worldwide game right here on Talk is Jericho. Who pulls the strings? We're about to find out. So I just did uh, the San Diego Comic-Con and I met up with, uh, with Tim Chismar. And we had done um, a couple interviews there, and he mentioned this very interesting conspiracy that I had really no um, knowledge of, and I still don't have any knowledge of, and that's by design, because I want to come into this completely with a clean slate, and I want you to explain it to me right now, the way that you explained it, uh, kind of what exactly, in a nutshell, as we start off, a basic synopsis of what is the hollywood game i guess you'd call it 
Well, I uh, so I'll give an overview of what it's like. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I am Tim Chismar, writer, producer, comedian, former wrestling promoter. Here's the thing. There is something that's going on right now in Los Angeles and in the Hollywood area that preys on vulnerable young talent, people that want to excel in music, wrestling, modeling, being in a band, etc. And I'm going to give you an overview and then I'm going to break it down how I was in it for years and became one of their star players. Wow. And it's it's pretty outrageous. I'm, I'm actually nervous. I've never spoken about this to anyone uh, outside of the game. And you'll see why. It's weird, Chris. It's not a it's not a simple answer. Okay, so it's broken down into three sections. You find this out piecemeal over time. So this is after, you know, two years or so of me playing. I was able to put this all together with the help of the person who got me involved. Okay, three sections. There is the house, which is the wealthy elite that run this game. So they're the ones that if you think of it like a casino, you know, the, the house always wins. Right. So everyone else is playing the games. They make the money. They make the big bucks. Then there are the bettors who are betting on storylines and characters that are being acted out in real time with real human beings. And then there are the players in the game, which I was one of those. The elevator pitch that I gave you at Comic-Con was an example that if you want to be a musician, obviously you don't get paid uh, the Fozzie money until you're Fozzie. So in the beginning, you're struggling. And so if you're playing at a coffee shop for 50 bucks, you want to do the best you can and get some fans and get your name out there. Well, they'll come along and say, because they know you're struggling and you have to pay rent. And they'll say, I tell you what, we'll give you $500 to no show that date. And so now you have to ask yourself, how much do you need the money versus this dream you're pursuing? So quickly, why would they offer you $500 to no show? Because you are somebody that they've become aware of. It's all interconnected like a spider web and it, it goes through social media. So, for example, the musician may be friends with an actor who is already in the game. And so they've seen them interacting and putting messages up and pictures together and video. And so they have given a nickname to this musician and now they want to lure the musician into playing the game. So they would have that person who is friends with her reach out to her and offer her money, cash money, no taxes to no show that event because they factored it into the storyline they're already doing with the actor. So are you kind of saying that that... It's, it's more of a test, like, okay, so in this game, I bet you we can get this person to no-show the gig. Right. I bet you you can't, that sort of a thing. Right, but it's even more elaborate. There may be a, a kidnapping storyline. The reason she didn't show up was because she was kidnapped by some people that night. So it gets more elaborate. And the people who bet on the game live on the East Coast. And the players in the game are on the West Coast. So as the storylines get more intense, they can't. Okay, so for example, th this musician, she, let's say she took the 500 bucks and she didn't go to the gig. Well, somebody could fly out there and take a picture of her at the, at the grocery store and say, look, she wasn't kidnapped. She's at the grocery store. But that would be against the rules. They're not allowed to do that. 
So it, it ties into, he would have given her the $500 and then said, you need to not post on social media for two days. Here's your money. Don't show the gig and disappear for two days. And so that would then fit the storyline of whatever it is that they're, whatever narrative they're telling within this game world. Yes. And, and it gets more elaborate and more elaborate and more elaborate. And the more real that you can make it, the more money you make in the game. Okay, so let, let, let's kind of scale this back here because once again, obviously, it's very confusing at the start. It reminds me of when I was in college, there was a big pyramid scam. It sounds like it's a pyramid scheme where if you could get 10 people to give you $75, then they could get 10 people to give them $75 and then they would get 10 people to give that. So everybody would make the money on the back end. It, but it was very, like, it's very confusing. If, if you can get 10 people to give you 75 bucks, you make 750 bucks. And then, but then they would get the right to then go have to get 10 people to give them money. And then it just so on and so on and so on and so on. So how exactly is this working and how did you become in contact with it? And let's start talking about your personal experience to really get into this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has the potential to get really creepy. So we'll, we'll see how, how deep you want to go. It's a rabbit hole. Mm. So uh, like I was telling you at, at Comic-Con, we have a ton of mutual friends and I uh, created a concept that combined pro wrestling and stand-up comedy because I was a wrestling promoter and I was doing live stand-up shows. And so guys who've been on your show, like Ryan Niemiller, Brad Williams, uh, Bruce Jingles, etc. These were all guys that I discovered and, and put a title belt on them. And we had a referee. It was kind of a precursor to a roast battle. Gotcha. Way back in the day. And so Rob Van Dam was involved as well. And Booker T and, and Paul Heyman and Chris Masters. And we, long story short, we had an opportunity to shoot six episodes for the Country Music Channel. And Eric Bischoff was our executive producer because he had Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship wrestling on and so we were supposed to be the next show so we, we shot them they were in the can everything was good to go and then they ended up going with a uh little person wrestling thing in school. right that was hogan's thing hulk, hulk hogan's micro wrestling or whatever right yes yes so right. that that uh put a bullet in, in my project which i had spent years putting together anyway the reason i tell you that is because like i said the game preys on vulnerable people. So here's a guy who put together this TV show that didn't go. Then we were doing, um, I was part of a reality show that Rob was doing called High Tide about a medical marijuana facility at the beach. That also didn't get picked up. Right. So I was, I was pretty frustrated myself. And it turns out that a good friend of, of Rob Van Dam's, the, this guy's name is David DeFalco, David the Demon DeFalco. And he is a writer, director. He, I don't know if you ever heard of Chaos, but Roger Ebert called it the most brutal movie ever made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you haven't seen it, uh, I obviously spoke to David before I came on your show and he's a big fan of yours. And he said he'd send you a Blu-ray, uh, you know, if you wanted to see his movie. So uh, he's, he's a great guy, but he was in the game. So he was already participating. He had already been brought in. And so they got wind of me, how eccentric I am and, and uh, whatnot. And so they asked him to approach me with an offer. And so he did. We met up, he brought a briefcase, and uh, because I wasn't close to him, I just knew him as one of Rob's friends, he laid out this whole thing about who he was because he knew how weird it sounded. And uh, there's an issue of, is this a scam? You know, am I the butt of a joke? Is this uh, a prank being played on me? So he asked me uh, to do, I, I think it was a post. At first, it starts off really slow. And so, for example, 
if you were being asked to play the game, here's 300 bucks cash. Chris, we want you to post on social media that you saw somebody following you last night. That's it. Here's the money. If you'll do that, don't say anything about it. If somebody comments on it and wants to know what happened with this, where did they go? You don't respond. You just leave it as is. Here's the money. Will you do it? Okay. And and so I said, I was like, yeah, you know, like give me the money. I'm up for anything. So I did it. And and that's that's how the ball uh got rolling. So what was what was the first thing they asked you to do? I think it was something like that. Like I saw somebody following me, somebody, you know, staring at me, or what's up with these people? How come they keep following me? Something like that. It was alluding to like some kind of ridiculous. Okay, so, so let's yeah. let's go up the chain of command here. So Tim posts this tweet, for example, somebody's following me. Dave or whoever Rob's friend gives you three hundred dollars. Yep. Who's above Rob's friend is Dave, right? Yes. Who's above Dave? Purposely, I never get to know because if I go public, all I can say is him, and then he he's willing to back up this stuff because we talked about it, and it's been like five years um, since I was active in the game. But you are supposed you are specifically supposed to only know the person who got you involved, so that it can be cut off. So just by proxy of you talking about the game, are they going to come and find you now? Is it that deep of a conspiracy? Well, there is the potential of, of you know, getting hurt. Yes. Uh, and he and I spoke about it, but he doesn't think they listen to the podcast. You know, they're the only one who doesn't. Everybody else does. Uh, <laughs> download it now. Uh, but but he doesn't think they're they're going to uh, to hear about this. And then the other thing is I'm safely nuzzled between stories of lizard people. Right. So, I mean, there could be, oh, that crackpot Shizmar. Oh, what's he coming up with next? So, you know, I kind of am leaning on that as well, but it's very real. So, okay. So your first experience is this basic tweet for 300 bucks. Yeah. But now you're essentially in the game. Yeah. And when I spoke to DeFalco just a little bit ago, he, he said he can't give out real info for his own safety. He was talking about, you know, it's underground, it's shady, all this kind of stuff. But um, the, the way he put it was, he said, this is like talking about the hell's angels or the mongrels. He's like, it's dangerous. So right, anyway. right, right. At that time, uh, he he had went bankrupt, so he was in a spot where he was uh, vulnerable for them as well. Like he had this big giant. He was the one who put Batista in his first movie, The a Wrong Side of Town with oh, Robin wow. and Dave Batista. That was him. Gotcha. You know, way before Guardians of the Galaxy. So, just like anybody else, he was in in a, a tough bind as well. But so to to go through it, they focus on social media, and very quickly they realized that I was up for anything. So I became somewhat of a star player because. Anything they wanted me to do, anything they wanted me to get involved in, I was up for it. And so to give you some examples, I was in a hospital bed at certain times where like I'd been beat up or injured or hurt. And so I would go to hospital locations in LA and lay in a hospital bed with bandages on me. There were Photoshop pictures of like bullet holes in my car. And I would post about like somebody just shot at me. What's this all about? It gets more and more creepy. And just to give you an idea how I, I have no scruples, man. I uh, had my actual mother passing out flyers. Have you seen my son? During periods where I was supposed to have been kidnapped and being tortured, which is the other thing. So the way you make the most money is when you go dark. They will pay you the most money if you say that you are going to disappear for two weeks because then they can create whatever elaborate situation they want. But remember, if I say that 
I went dark. Like these people are following me. They shot at me last night. I don't know what's going on. I'm so scared. And then I disappear. I can't go to my friend's party and let my friend take a picture of me at the party. Right. Because if they go on my friend's page and they will, the people who are betting, trying to break the story, because remember the people who are putting money in, they know it's fake. They know I'm not really being tortured by ninjas, but they can't prove it until they have actual evidence. So I have to screw up and be at my friend's party and, and get in a, a picture and then they can grab that and show the people who are running the game, look, he's not being tortured. He's at this party. Then the game gets cracked open. They win a bunch of money and then they're they're upset with me and I, I may not be called back to do more stuff for money. But okay, so during one of the periods where I was dark, I had my actual mother flown to California and I took her to a beach and I had her passing out flyers with my face on it. Have you seen my son? Where's my son? And so things like that only just helped to elevate the story to this level of it could be real. It could actually be happening. And when you go dark to enhance their storyline, if I post pictures of me tied up I had a guy pretending to pee on me. So he like, he had a, you know, a fake gun and I was all duct taped up and he was using a squirt bottle. Like he was, you know, pissing on me. And this is the stuff that gets you a lot of money. So, so you essentially get a raise for going all in on this. Yeah. So, okay. So, so once again, as we try and digest what you're saying, so you, you are a, an actor, basically a pawn. Yes. Dance, monkey dance and, and whatever it is that. And so someone above you will tell you, OK, the next storyline is that you're getting kidnapped for two weeks. Yes. And then you have to figure out a way to, to sell that. Or do they tell you do this, this and this? You work with your sponsor because your sponsor, the one who brought you in, works directly to somebody higher up than him. So I would spend a lot of nights talking with DeFalco about the storyline, about what can progress it, about what does it look like they're reacting more to. Because you don't want to go out and invest a camera crew and special effects and all this to do something that they're not going to pay for. So you have to pitch what you want to do to the people who are running the game. They have to approve it. And then you negotiate on a price and the bigger you get in the game, the more money you can command. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging. Sometimes that's why I signed up for Rosetta stone. I'm learning Spanish amigos, amigas, See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today.
So once you go through the three levels of the game, you said there's there's your level, which is the performance. A player. The player. Yeah. And then what else is there? There's the folks that bet on the storyline that's happening. And then there are the the people who actually run the whole game. So they're the ones. So the ones who are betting are putting money in, in the hopes that they're going to be the one who cracks the case. So, you know, I, I don't know what that looks like on their end, but they're putting $100,000 each in. And there's 50 of these people playing in the hopes that they all then are scouring social media to try to prove that the storyline isn't actually happening. And these they're, they're just rich, weird, bored folks that uh, get off on this they would be the house like the house as you mentioned they're they're the guys in charge and then the betters are the weird rich people or is it the other way around i'm sure they're all a little weird well, yeah, obviously yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so am i for playing it right but um but it, it's really wild because once you know about this you can see elements in movies and tv shows where people who have been playing the game and i told you it's going on right now They've wanted to come out and say it, but no one has said it. And once you know about it, you could be at a, an event or a party. And when somebody doesn't want their picture taken or, uh, you know, is trying to be real under the radar and doesn't even want to be there, or if, you know, a friend of yours posts something cryptic and then you don't see them for a while, this is the kind of thing they could be involved in. Okay. So you mentioned that how many years were you, were you playing the game? Maybe two. Okay. So, so tell us about some of your other exploits, performances, uh, missions. It's almost like Mission Inco uh, Impossible. Yeah. This is your mission if you choose to accept it. Yeah, I, I can tell you uh, quite a few things. And and I was getting up there. I was I was making like fifteen grand, uh, no tax, a month playing this game. Let's not jump to that yet, because you you, you okay. mentioned before you started with this this simple tweet for three hundred bucks. Yes. What's the ascension to get to the point where you're making fifteen grand a month? Well, there's other elements like recruiting other people. Like there, there's lots of stuff I can get into. But if you want to jump straight to the, uh, I don't want to jump straight to anything. I want you to tell me the story in the in the way that it unfolded to you. So it it uh, grew over over time that they continuously had me go dark and then do things to add to the dark storyline, and, and at certain points it it got um, really creepy. Certain points, it's creepy right from the start. Well, Chris, <laughs> there was a time where I'm. Uh, getting uh effed in the a in a uh, sex dungeon in los angeles as part of the story or, yeah. or, or are you going all in on this and, and, and method method acting this thing yeah that's what's going on uh because it's part of the torture it's part of the pushing the envelope of how far will this this person be tortured and and so i said you know all right i mean it's um, me and this girl in a cage and dog collars and all this kind of creepy stuff that's really outrageous. And, and then the fact that they're so carnal for it to get more and more vulgar and disgusting. So to give you an idea, as part of the storyline, I'm being tortured by these these Russian mafia or whoever, some underground society. And uh, you know, this, this woman bends me over this uh, like a wooden thing at a sex dungeon and she's screwing me in the ass with a dildo for real agreed to but again for for money i'm such a whore and uh and the thing is when you're getting uh effed in the a what i didn't realize because this is not something i normally uh, would go for uh you can't choose when you're gonna poo sir and so wow. i ended up letting some poo go and we we stopped the filming and when i sent the video of getting effed in the a with the cage and all this crazy stuff i told them that you know oh my god and then i ended up 
shitting on the floor of a sex dungeon. And they said, oh, my God, we would pay more for that. Oh, get that next time. And you can see how this this it's just outrageous. Before we go further on that, and I don't want to just let that lie, I'm, I'm starting to get like a real hostile vibe here, like the movie Hostile, Eli Roth, where yes, are you ever actually in danger? I mean, is there ever a chance to go, hey, if you slit this guy's throat, we'll pay even more? Yes, let me tell you, since that's something you're digging, here's a, here's a true story of uh, somebody that I knew that was playing the game. He was a stunt coordinator, um, bodybuilder, big tough guy, but he wasn't good with money. And so he made an agreement with these guys for a hunk of cash. So he took money. I don't remember exactly what he was supposed to do, but let's say it was go dark, since that seems to be the easiest thing. He agreed to do it, got the money, and then went to Las Vegas and blew it. And, uh, you know, was was seen, you know, I'm in Vegas, woo! And they let him know that they were going to break his legs if he didn't give back every cent because he had them over. He made an agreement, said he was going to do this, didn't do it. And he's a he's a big, tough dude. But when they let him know, you're going to get your legs broken. You need to pay this back. And he didn't have any money. He had to beg his sister to use like a college fund for her kids oh my to gosh. pay back this money or he was going to get his legs broken. This is just absolutely insane because now, because you don't even know, and this is not a question, this is a statement. You don't even know who's pulling the strings in this. You have no idea. That's one of the things I thought about last night where I was like, shit, this could be a setup, like Fight Club. I could be halfway through this interview and then you say, you know, Tim, you shouldn't have said this about them. You know, like what if, what if Chris Jericho is in it? Well, what, or what, what if I'm part of the game now? What if this, what if you're playing the game that, that you're going to tell all and talk as Jericho? What if I'm yeah. in it now? Right. They could reach out to me and, and say, you know, offer Chris, like, I don't know what it would take for uh, for you to join it. But uh, but yeah, you know, uh, by the way, no one has offered me anything. So the, 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 for everybody listening, this is completely 100 percent the first time we're ever hearing about any of this. So, yeah. Yeah. OK, so when you are doing these things like and once again, you're agreeing to, you know, being basically sodomized on camera. What is that worth? But it, it doesn't start there. You know what I mean? Okay, like, that's, so, anything, right. It, it grows over time. And then you you get hungry for, for more money, more. But at the same time, it, it's taken away your dignity and your respect and your friendship and your career. Opportunity. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You're yeah. becoming a total puppet on a string. Yes. You know, and, and yes. once once again, I think I, I want to kind of draw you back down to earth here. And here, I mean, going from posting a tweet and being effed in the A in a sex dungeon that's a big difference. What what are some of the other things that led to getting to that level of just complete insanity? Well, it's the living out the storyline with the, the, the posting of, of Photoshop images. And right. like, for example, I rented a studio space and I had uh, a couple of extras. I mean, I really got into it. And again, they, they cover the cost of this stuff and pay you on top of it. And so I had a guy who was, um, there was fake ball bats and they were fake wrenches. And there was a guy um, hung from the ceiling. And there was just this whole scene of people being tortured and beat up. And you mentioned the Eli Roth thing. There was a lot of, when we started going down that rabbit hole, there was a lot of torture porn kind of stuff that started going on. It grew over time. And the fact that I was so good at be going dark, not a lot of people could do it. I mean, once you're in the game, like in wrestling, you're not always the champion, like you're under it. Well, I was, you know, the head of these storylines, but then sometimes they would ease off on my story. Let me come back out and then show that he's still around. But there were people in my 
vicinity that they would ask me to go after and approach to play the game. You know, in the wrestling world, like uh, Katie Lee uh, Birchall and uh, Nigel McGinnis and some of the people I was running with in Los Angeles at the time, I broached them about it. But people had questions. People were more, you know, <laughs> they had more dignity than I did. Like they, <laughs> they would say, what is this about? And where is this going? And who are these people? And, and you know, all I could say was uh, all I know is the guy who got me involved. And we even had code names. Like I was the naked comedian and he was the demon director. And they would ask me to approach, you know, the goth kid or the Indian or like they, they that's how they would approach these these people. But nobody would really play to the level that uh, that I was while I was in it. So, All right. So I'm like 10 and 0 when it comes to snagging the last delicious factor meal in my house before the new weekly delivery arrives. We all love factors ready to eat meals here in the Jericho household. They're fresh, never frozen, chef crafted and dietitian approved. And best of all, they're ready to eat in just two minutes. Eating better has never been easier or more delicious. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. So before I jumped on the plane to get the dynamite this week to wrestle Atlantis Jr., I had grilled steakhouse filet mignon with Parmesan cream, spinach and broccolini. Two minutes to heat it up, ate it right out of the factory container and then tossed it in the garbage. Fast, easy, and delicious. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. You can fuel up with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, too. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime, and Factor is less expensive than takeout. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash TIJ50 and use code TIJ50 to get 50% off. That's code TIJ50 at factormeals.com slash TIJ50 to get 50% off. I've got so many questions. But what, okay, so when you get your, you know, your directions, you get your mission, is it all from the guy that was, Dave, is, is saying, okay, here's the next mission and gives it to you via email or a written letter or like he explains it to you? But, but also we get to pitch. So once you're in it, you get to pitch your own ideas. Hmm. So they'll they'll start off with something, but it becomes known pretty quickly that if all I do is wait for them to tell me something to do, it could stop, it could whatever. But if I'm involved in somewhat of a storyline and I go above and beyond to enhance it and make it better and make it bigger and wilder and, and all this, then I get rewarded for these ideas and for this crazy stuff. Like a bonus? Yes. Yeah, I mean, just more cash, 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 cash. And then when you get paid, your sponsor gets paid. So like the uh, pyramid scheme, which only benefits the Egyptians. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets paid all the way, uh, all the way through. So what were you getting paid for these different missions? You mentioned 300 bucks for the tweet. How much yep. is, is it varying? Like, okay, if you, if you do this sex dungeon scene, you'll get X amount of dollars. It's, yes. It's, as high, as high as 15,000 a month I was making. And you do this for two years, so you're talking about making about three, four hundred grand total over the time frame. Yes, but um, you know, not in the beginning. They have to trust you, and then the people playing their game have to be interested in my storyline. So if they pose a story with me and they're not betting on it, then then it's not worth as much to them. And how do you get paid? Cash. Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cash from my contact. And sometimes you would do like a, a Zelle or a wire or something, but just straight cash, usually. Yeah. Or like I said, a wire. But So were you aware of anybody else? Was anybody else that you knew playing this and doing kind of, I'll tell you what storyline you got. I got this one. I got this one going on. 
Yes, but people wouldn't talk about it. Once I knew what to look for, I knew of certain people who would post cryptic things or disappear from social media or be at an event and they don't want to be of their pictures taken. So we would kind of talk a little bit about it, but people were so guarded and, and scared because it also makes you dependent. I heard a lot of stories through David that people who were playing the game and then they would stop the money. And so remember, at this point, you've blown all your professional opportunities right. and all you're relying on is their money. So when they go away completely, you know, these people come back, like, I'll do anything, please. No, no, come back. Come back. You know, it's pretty it's pretty wild and it's very real. Well, it's very much almost like, like a cult type thing, like what you hear about Scientology, for example, is that you start low and then you raise up the different levels. And by the time you get to a certain point, you're so ensconced in it that there's really no way out. Yeah, I, I would say uh, Zenu F me in the A. <laughs> I've heard that about the Shriners too, by the way. Uh, that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. So, what are some of the other storylines that that you that you did? Some of the other stunts that you pulled and that sort of a thing. And, and were you ever getting like action? Did you only ever hear from Dave, or did anybody else ever contact you? Hey, Joe from the head office is really digging your shit. Well, I heard a lot of that, that, that they loved what I was doing in my storyline again, because I would, I would do pretty much anything. One night he mentioned that he was meeting up with some of the representatives from the game. And I, uh, I, I tried to go to where I heard they were going to be because I wanted to see them for myself. I was picturing these guys in suits or, you know, uh, Squid Games, Men in Black kind of thing. So I, I got there early. I had a newspaper and I sat on a bench across the road from this 24-hour pie shop in Los Angeles. I dug a hole in the newspaper and I was looking through it, waiting for these people to show up. And I was scared because he told me, like, you know, if they see you there, then, you know, that that's not good. But I, I wanted to see for myself. And it, it turned out they they never showed up. They uh, they went to some other place instead that night. But yeah, we, we both participated in it and and did it for a long time the way he put it when i talked to him last night about taping the episode with you is um he said it helped you and me both through tough times so what are the highlights of, of, of stories did you have two years is a long time it, it is it is but, but it grows and a lot of the the dark stuff is a big deal when you're gone and then they enhance it with He's being tortured and he's being kidnapped and he's being tied up and he's over here. That's a, a lot of it. If this was all, you know, BS and I was just feigning a story, I'd be like, and then there were bodies buried. And then, but no, what, what I saw that was a lot of, it's very manipulative because they're not, you know, I can't say that they, you know what you're doing. You know what you agree to. You sign on to this. So it, it's not like they tricked me like they they approached me when i was vulnerable and 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 felt disgusted about hollywood and needed some money it slowly grew over time and for me i saw it being a wrestling fan and 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 whatnot i was just like i'm playing a character i'm in this fictitious world and yeah i'm i'm up for anything until it got really creepy and really bizarre and really um rough so when you go dark and you mentioned that you could call your mom and have her pass out these flyers. And obviously she knows that you're okay. So when you go dark, it's only dark from like social media and from the public, but your friends and family, you're not, you don't have to go dark with them. Kind of because they can't make any mention of you. Right. And the thing is we live so much on social media. So everything is pictures and video and posts and TikToks and Snapchats and all this. So, and that's what, you know, when I would get frustrated and I would get angry with him, uh, you know, I would mention that this severely, 
hinders your social life. And especially somebody who is trying to get more involved in movie style, you know, red carpets and premieres and events. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't talk to any of these people because it would bleed over into social media. Man, I mean, this is just very, very crazy. As obviously, you know that it is. Do you have any ideas who could be, and I don't, you don't have to give me names, but like when you think about this, is it a secret society? Is it someone of merit? Yeah, but I, I think they're all, it's got like a skull and bones kind of vibe. Like this all came from a rich fraternity or something because they're all tied together. They know each other very well. And so they're real guarded about who they let in to playing this game. But it sounds stupid. Like that's part of it is, you know, you would think that they would be at a, a different level of, I don't know, elite hunting or something. Sure. But, but to play some kind of social media, the, the fact that they're on Facebook at three in the morning trying to find this goth kid's friends to see if they post a picture of them. It, it just sounds, you know, odd. very much so, you know, and what's the end game, I guess, just the money from all the betters that are, that are guessing on what you're going to do. Yes, because the money increases. The longer that your campaign goes and it hasn't been cracked, the, the higher the money goes. So how long were some of your campaigns, like some of your, your best ones? How long did they go for? Maybe a year. And what would entail in that storyline for a year? Is it, is it you just performing tasks? Like, okay, now go dark for two weeks. Now go to this sex dungeon. Or was it kind of an overall like pro wrestling story like Jericho MJF? Here's a whole year of a story. It is, but but without the end match in mind. So it's uh, like, for example, I'm not just dark for two weeks. I was dark for months, Chris. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So Tim got kidnapped and he's being tortured. Gotcha. Meanwhile, I'm getting paid a lot of money to not show up on social media anywhere. And so it's months of me taking duct tape pictures and you know bruising on the eye and somebody's fake peeing on me and all this kind of like he's being tortured he's being destroyed he's being hurt he's going through all this stuff and then you know the people around him are you know saying where is tim and i missed him and wh what's going on and all this kind of the more that you know it can grow and become elaborate it's all, almost like some kind of andy kaufman kind of weird sure stunt or display yeah no absolutely because another thing too is that you mentioned you're a professional you were a wrestling promoter you're a comedian yeah. i know you're a nude comedian all these different things you did yeah. But that affects your gig as well because you can't go and perform either, right? You're dark. You can't be doing stuff in public at all. Right, right. And and so it really, it really rips your brain apart because you can't do the thing that you love, the reason that you're in Los Angeles to do all this entertainment stuff. And then, you know, leads are drying up, opportunities are drying up. But at the same time, you got more money than you've had since you've come to Los Angeles. So it was, it was very trippy. I went and bought this really expensive bicycle, like two grand bike with all the bells and whistles. And I remember just, you know, riding this bike around Venice beach thinking I, I can't talk to anyone. I can't take a picture with anyone. I got to avoid lights. And it was really weird. It was really weird and really creepy. And it happened. And I've been dying to tell people about it. I've kind of hinted and insinuated to different people over the years, but I've never come right out and, and said, that's what uh, DeFalco calls it is the game. So I, I don't even know what they call it on their end. Do you feel that it hurt your career being in this for two years? Well, at the end of it, I had a, I had a breakdown and uh, I left Hollywood for a year of rebuilding in Idaho. I, uh, I, I was just really at my breaking point. You know, who am I? What is what is worthwhile? What is life? What you know, 
I, I went to Idaho and I, I wrote three books and I, I used my college degree and got a job counseling kids who had anger issues and all this kind of stuff. And by the end of it, I knew that I still was an entertainment guy, but I'm not going to live in Los Angeles. I, I always I live in Vegas now and I, I do a, a lot of stuff here. I'm very blessed. I'm ghostwriting for celebrities and I got the movies out and it, it's very cool. But for me, I always tell people living in Vegas, I'm close enough to the fire to feel the warmth. But living there, I got burned. Mm. When I was in there, I was vulnerable for people like this who uh, want to manipulate the system. Was there ever times when, like, for example, I'm still going back to, let's say, you riding your bike on the beach in Venice and we, it, or wherever. You, you're out for a coffee or whatever the hell it may be. Where you see somebody you know and they go, hey, hey, dude, it's great to see you. Let's take a, a selfie. And you got you, you to say no. Like, was there ever any uncomfortable moments like that where people thought, like, what's wrong with him? Give us some examples. Well, sh sh sure. Like, um, there's just there's there's too many to mention. There was events. Okay, you, you mentioned I'm I'm a nudist. I, I am a nudist and a nudist comedian, and so I've done these fully nude comedy shows and and comedy tours. And you you can't get that just anywhere. So the nudist <laughs> community was saying, "Hey man, where's the naked comedy show? You know, we're having a naked pool party. Come on by." And uh, I couldn't join my naked people, and that hurt. That really hurt. You, you kind of talked before that you could see these examples of this in movies and in TV and that sort of a thing. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. There's a, a movie called The Game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, and it's all about manipulating this guy. And he paid for it for them to do it to him. And then there's been some other ones that have been coming out that involve social media manipulating people where they're playing a live action game and you can tie it into things like big brother and whatnot. But the truth is when I watch it, I'm, I'm like these writers, these producers, these actors, they went through this and you can tell, you can see elements of being manipulated and, and told to do certain things. And it's, it's right there. Like once you know what to look for, it, it's very blatant. It's still happening now. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door. So no more last minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you mentioned the, the experience in the dungeon, the sexual experience, was that the only one you ever had or was there other times when you had to do other, okay, you're shaking your head, no, so there's obviously more. 
Yeah, there's more. That's how it got started. And then it got more creepy and more creepy. I just told you how they got all excited about the element of scat and poop. And uh, so they wanted they wanted some of that. So I did some scenarios where I pretended like, you know, involved pudding and candy bars. And, you know, like these people were forcing me to eat my own shit and all this. And it's not, but it doesn't matter to their people. It does. And I threw some, I threw some corn in. I'm a professional. <laughs> Want to add that element of realism? Like we said, you are a uh, method scatologist. <laughs> so, so you, you you're going down that road too. So, so th- there is really no limits. To, and it's almost like I can see this, like throwing more money down. See if he'll do that. All right, we'll see if he'll do this and see if he'll do that. And that's why it starts worrying me that it could get out of control and people could really get hurt or, or even get killed in the situations like this. Sure. And and the other weird thing is, where are all these pictures and all this video? Right. Who is holding on to all this stuff? My biggest fear when I got out of it, not that I, you know, I, I have no regrets. I live the life I live. I'm very happy. But I expected at some point to find my stuff on some weird porn website. And, and it's never come out anywhere. It's never been anywhere. It's never. It's almost like um, some of the stories about Bohemian Grove and, and these uh, celebrity elite uh, organizations. They'll have them do something vulgar and horrible stuff with kids, whatever, so that they have the footage. And now they've got them forever. So is this something that like they tagged me and threw me back in the wild? And if I get a deal with Marvel, they're going to come along and say, hey, Tim, we've got all this stuff on you. I don't know. Does that worry you? No, because I live the life I live. I I don't have any worry or concern. I I don't want my legs broken. Let me just say that for the record. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that this sounds so outrageous and crazy that people are going to doubt it. People are going to say, Chismar's making it up. He's pitching a reality show or something. And that's fine. Let them think that way. I'm almost happier with them thinking it's all bullshit. So you kind of went through it briefly, but let's talk about what, how you decided to get out of this and, and what, how were you, were you allowed to get out of it? Yes, because, because I ended my campaign. So it got to a point where I wasn't pitching so many ideas to keep it going. And it was able to roll to a stop, almost like, I went into the Hall of Fame of the game or something like I, I, the alumni of the game because he had done such a great job and all, all this. So I was able to walk aside fine, but I wasn't I wasn't fine. I was pretty messed up mentally and I had destroyed I'd burned a lot of bridges and left a lot of people. And and it's not the kind of thing you can explain to people with the exception of my friend Chris Gore at Film Threat. Most people just thought it was it was nuts but for him he saw it more as like a performance art kind of thing i love what you do online i love that about the gunshots and oh man you really get them going but not enough people really understood that and i couldn't even explain it to him it was too weird so you know it's almost QAnon kind of stuff you know like oh beyond how do you explain you know how do you how do you how do you get into this and it only leaves more questions because i don't know everything i'm telling you as much as i know and that's why i got on the phone with dave last night and was like dave give me something to give jericho tell me something because there were times where i would block strangers off of social media and i would know because i would block them and then later he would hit me up ah they got a kick out of you blocked one of their spies and i'm like oh what the so that guy was connected so then i would look him up and try to figure out and so i had ideas about who some of these people were and i would pitch it to him and he uh 
he threw out some red herring, like some, some just trying to make me go away. Like, oh, uh, it's a guy that I knew back in the day, uh, mad dog so-and-so. And I knew he was full of crap. And, you know, I, I confronted him about that last night because I was coming on here. And I said, I'm going to mention that to Jericho. He's like, all right, that wasn't real. But his thing was for his own safety. I can tell you this. I asked him how he was recruited. And he said that he accidentally, and I'm reading off my notes, like his actual quote, he said, I accidentally met the one who recruited him that was involved in the entertainment business. And that's how he knew it wasn't a scam. So let's say, for example, it's James Gunn. So, you know, he runs into James Gunn and James is like, hey, I got some guys who are interested in doing this thing with you because they were connected in the business at a level that he respected he went along with it. And then he said, that's the same approach he took with me, which he laid out all these movies and things he had done and said, you know, I have no reason to lie to you. But again, it's so weird. I know they asked me to recruit people and I would meet with them and I would try to give them the bare bones beginning. People wouldn't want the money or they would take it. And then I swear to God, I was on the phone with a comedian and his wife was crying, scared. Who are these people you're involved with? What is this all about? You know, people were a lot more suspicious than than I was. Well, it would seem some that wouldn't behoove you if you had a relationship, if you had a girlfriend or a wife or a husband or whatever it may be. It much more seems like a single man's game. Yeah. Yeah. How high do you think this goes? I mean, because when, when when you've been in this, you know, in wrestling, it's bad enough because you don't believe anything where you, th- you. I know wrestlers that would be like, oh, yeah, the World Series is just a work and the NHL Stanley Cup is just a work. And you can see him gig himself. That's how he got blood on the ice. Right. You know, when you are now looking at the real world, how deep is this gone? How many people are playing it? And at what levels? How high does it go? I think it would scare us. I, I, I think it would. It scares me to think how high I, I think as far as law enforcement and people who make the decisions to govern cities, like I don't want to get on my crack box soapbox over here, but you, you look at, uh, you know, political campaigns and, and you see literally the same company putting up the banners for both sides. Either either way, whichever way you go, it's the same group and organization saying pick a red pill or blue pill and it's all by the same person. So it, it looks like this is all I think it's I think it's really high. I think it's extremely high. And I think people are pulling strings and and they get bored because they've got so much opportunity and money. Look, in Hollywood, there was a time, Chris, where I thought that if you were at the top, the top of the ladder making movies, that you cared about art, the art of filmmaking. No, I've met some of the biggest of the big. You know what they want? Drugs and sex. Mm. It's a damn shame. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about that sounds so conspiracy and crazy. Oh, you mean like a pedophile island? And then it gets broken. You know, uh, Weinstein. I mean, these things that we talk about, there is some freaky stuff out there that we'll never completely understand. Have you talked about Bohemian Grove on your show before? I haven't. You want to explain that to me what it is? That's a secret society that was infiltrated by um, even Alex Jones with real video footage and all these high, like the Clintons, et cetera, they go there and they burn an effigy of a child to an owl god. And it sounds crackpot. Look it up. There's pictures, there's video, there's whole, you know, breakdowns about it. So all these rich and powerful people get together to give a sacrifice to the owl god. That's crazy. But for all I know, there's a, a segment of that population that also play the game that run the game. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, this almost reminds me of what's going to talk about hostile. It might've been hostile too, where you see it's not just in this little area. It's a worldwide conspiracy where people from Japan are calling up to Romania to have an American murdered on, on, on their watch. 
And that's with my conspiracy brain. Well, who's to say that's like, hey, we'll have Biden run for president. Let's see what happens. Biden will become president. You know, I mean, dude, you talk about you making 15 grand a month. That's peanuts in comparison to what it could be. Yes, absolutely. But remember where I was being vulnerable. I don't know if you're susceptible. If you have more luxuries and money, how susceptible are you to being uh, manipulated by these people? That's why I think it's a, it's a long game. I think they get you when you're young and hungry, and that way they can go back to you later when you're in a position where you feel all comfortable and powerful. But now they've got these pictures and video and elements of you doing these shady, weird things. Do you think you'll ever hear from them again? I mean, you're, you're a prime candidate. If, you, if you're in the game hall of fame, so to speak. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, because it is so creepy and weird and, and, and shady and whatnot. If I do, I hope that it's not in a, a negative. I hope they're not like, you know, we want to kill this guy because he was talking about it. I hope it's more like because I talked about it. Look, like I said, I hope they don't talk to me, Chris. But if they do, I hope that they want to use this as an element of the game. Like now that I talked on your show, okay, Tim, then here's 200K, go dark for the next six months. And, you know, I can't really be in a position to be like, no, you know, because I don't want to die. <laughs> so, mm. But from, from what David said, Dave wouldn't say, yeah, go ahead and, and blab about this because he's tied to it as well. And he likes being alive. And he runs a, uh, you know, a, a DVD company with Blu-rays and does stuff with Shutter and all this. So I think we're OK. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Last couple of questions for you. Did you ever recruit anybody? You mentioned that you tried a few times. Did you bring some people into the fold? Just barely in the beginning. There's a, there's an actor that I can think of right now who agreed to do some stuff in the beginning, but it's all about how their players react to it. Because remember, I'm not the only one in the game. So I don't know how many people are playing at any one time. So maybe they have 50 people in Los Angeles playing the game. And then they ask those 50 to recruit two more. And so there's, there's a dropout where, you know, I bring somebody on board, but their people don't react well to it, or they don't think it's believable or they, they cracked too early. That's the other thing. So they, they do a basic betting round. And then, you know, two days after they accepted the money, they were in a video or a picture somewhere. So it got cracked. Mm. It got blown open. So the longer that you are able to play the game with any sense of realism, like for example, when I posted a picture photoshopped of my car getting shot with bullet holes, people comment on that. And if they said, what is this all about? And you know, I'm scared for you. And if I responded to any of that, like, no, I'm fine guys. Oh, it's just this stupid thing. Then I wouldn't be playing the game properly. And so they would, they would drop me. It, once again, going back to the, my college pyramid scheme, if you did recruit somebody, then you would become their Dave DeFalco and, be, and you'd be giving them their mission and then taking your cut out of that. Yeah, what he called it was a sponsor. So I would be sponsoring their story. Mm. And because I get paid, and who knows, maybe DeFalco was lying about this. But from what he told me was he gets paid what I get paid. 
No, for all I know, he got paid three times of the amount. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he said he gets paid dollar for dollar. So if I'm in it and they ask me to recruit, you know, somebody, I was going to say Chris Jericho, but that's <laughs> wait. <laughs> so uh, somebody, uh, your, your producer, if, I, if they ask me to, to get her to do it, then everything that she did right and got paid for it, I would also get paid. So uh, that's my incentive to keep it going and to talk about ideas and what are you willing to do and what haven't you done? And, you know, why don't we try this? And sky's sky's the limit. And that's what they like. That's kind of like if you decided to stay, you would probably I mean, all of us would want to get to the next level, you know, and kind of continue up the corporate ladder, so to speak. Yeah. The thing is, Nobody decides that they want to do this for a living. Nobody says that's what they want to do is play this weird underground rich person's game. So the fact that you're a musician and your guitar is sitting in the corner for the last six months while you've been collecting checks, right. it, it tears at you, you know? Did you ever feel in danger at all doing this? Only now. <laughs> uh, no, because they they asked me and then I agreed to it and I never agreed to something that I couldn't do, that I wasn't willing to do. I got frustrated. I got angry with it, but I was torn. I mean, at any point I could have ended it. I could have said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, you know, let, let's bring the storyline to a head. And then he would have let them know. And they probably would have came back with a, a more money offer to keep going and, and all that. But I felt like it was very... It's weird. It's weird and it's manipulative and it's crazy. But I felt like it was fair in a mafia style. You know, do you want to accept this job? Do you want to a biker gang that that says, you know, do you want us to get rid of so and so? Well, then you'll owe us a favor later. So it's just it's one of those things like, you know, when you're getting into it. So if you don't want to do this, don't do this or take a little bit of money and then and then end it right there. But the fact that I was willing to see how far the rabbit hole went made me a lot of fun for them. They they really got a kick out of this naked comedian. Well, how far did the rabbit hole go, though? To uh, crazy, outrageous sex stuff, you know, just just a lot of these these plays with with that in the torture aspect. That was about as as far as I was willing to go. I mean, at that point, I was about at my my breaking point. And I ended up hitting, like I said, rock bottom and, and leaving Los Angeles because I was just like, this is crazy. And why do I want to make art for, you know, these kinds of people who are out there? These are the ones making the decisions. These are the ones deciding if that script you spent, you know, years polishing is is worthy of a budget. Sure. But this is the real face. When you take off their mask, this is what they're all about is, you know, manipulating and, and uh, trying to kind of hurt people you know but it's weird it's weird to even talk about because you know i wasn't totally violated it was discussed but they asked they would say you know are you willing to do this and then you would agree and then but how important is money versus your art how important is sure. piling up money if you if you can't do the things that you really want to do with it yeah and, and you said that your storyline ground to a halt because you weren't giving any more ideas and all that stuff so what was kind of the final activity that you did I don't know because there's there's a blur of I mean there was severed limbs there was like you know oh my gosh. fingers cut off and things like that not of me but at that point it was involving other people like Tim's girlfriend was kidnapped and you know her fingers are being cut off and it it was more than just me now there was involving extras and then dungeons and then torture and well, then special, special effects. effects right I literally was hiring people who do work in movies and do horror stuff to do these special effects for videos that will never get seen anywhere that are owned by this this conglomerate 
how do you know that you're that you're definitely out? Did you just keep telling them no, or did you say now that my storyline is done, I'm done? And they went, okay, see you later. Kind of, but he he knew that I was getting more grumpy to deal with that I, I didn't want to spend my it was, I was like a vampire buddy. I was up all night going over storylines with this crazy director who who loved it, and then I sleep for most of the day, and then it's back to storylines, and then shooting some kind of crazy video, and the quality of life really took a dump. Well, that's the thing. And once again, because you can't do anything anyways professionally. So now you're just at the at the behest of these people above you that are pulling this, the, 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 the streams. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's still happening somewhere right now. There's some wrestler being offered more money to no show an indie date or there's, you know, some band that's being offering money to not go to rehearsal and not accept the tour and, uh, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, just any form of vulnerable artist uh, is who they go after. And they offer it's strictly uh, a cash to see how much they can manipulate you and get you to do, you know, what they want you to do and then keep their storyline going at the same time. And the person has to try to crack it. And that's happening. It's going on, you know, right now. Uh, Dave hasn't talked to them in five years. I haven't communicated with them since uh 2016 so the end of 2016 was the last time i had anything to do with them. last two questions for you so how could the betters break the storylines of the videos even though they were never posted are they sending them directly to the house yeah that's i they must belong to some dark web server kind of thing where they're all connected and they can see the pictures they can see the video they can see these updates because they're painting a picture tim was kidnapped by ninjas and he's being tortured and here's the proof and then they put a video up of, of me being tortured mm. and then they say and that's what's happening and can you prove it's not and so again if they were able to they can't walk up to my door and ring the doorbell and take a picture of me. That's against the rules. That's why the betters are on the East Coast and the players are on the West Coast and you're not allowed to do that. That breaks the rules. So they can only find it through third parties like on social media and uh, pictures and video and stuff like that. That's that's how they it could be a Vimeo link that that expires in you know an hour or something. But if you're saying, though, that you have to guess if it's real or not, that would insinuate that sometimes it's real. Sometimes people really are getting their limbs cut off. Well, I know that guy who was threatened to have his legs broken. Right. Whether whether David knows more and didn't want to share it with me, what he would say is things like, and here's his quote, I can't, for my own safety, I can't give real info. He said, it's underground, it's shady. They are picky about being exposed. The worst that I saw was the threatening of breaking the guy's legs and they weren't kidding about it. And that's why he had to go beg the, the family to help him. So that's why I'll always be a little traumatized by what else is out there, Chris? Like, did, did I see the little tip of the iceberg? How much further could it have ended up with murdering people? Or, or what if somebody had so much money invested in my storyline that they flew out here and had me killed so that they could say, yeah, he can never be found. That's my point, you know. Last question for you. What was your, what was the reasoning for you to do this today? What was the end game? Why did you want to talk about it? Because nobody else is. 
You've, you've never heard this before? Never. It's something that I experienced that was a, a tip of something bigger and, and huge out there. And nobody speaks about it. All I see is hints and innuendo, but nobody has said this. And so whether or not I look like a crackpot, it's uh, it's all good to me. I wanted to put it out there. And I, I listened to your podcast. I'm genuinely a fan. I just listened to the goldberg ask episode. So I knew that you went into conspiracy. And so it wasn't just wrestler interviews, but you do music and you do conspiracy and you have so so many wide range uh, of things that I, I thought it would be, this would be the right format. I mentioned it to you on Instagram before, and then I followed up at Comic-Con and I'm, I'm really glad we made it happen. Well, me too, Tim. Like I said, this is a, an amazing story. And now that I've heard about it, I'm sure we'll hear more about it over, over time, but man, I appreciate you going out on the limb. And uh, hopefully you don't go dark right after this. Brother, if I, if I disappear, <laughs> hey, I'm doing it all for the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, great talking to you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, let's keep in contact on this. If anything else comes up, we'll have to do another episode. I would love that. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Be safe.